Hey, everybody. It's a podcast. We're some nerds. I'm Nick. I'm Elise. <laughs> yeah, I fucked y'all up, didn't I? What the hell was that? Nicholas? I don't know. I was trying something different. I don't know. No, no, try something different. <laughs> Only do the same. The comfort of familiarity is not here. Oh, no. <laughs> I was really distracted by Alex's, like, I'm going to wave three times in front of the camera. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't remember how to count. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I was counting us down three, two, one, but I started with three. (laughs) (laughs) We're great. We're so good at this. (laughs) You would not believe that we've had a podcast for like three years. One, I went up like six feet. <laughs> uh, you're pretty. You don't have to be smart. Well, that was nice hearing from y'all. See you in two weeks. <laughs> what a great, what I, a great podcast. I'm so proud I mean, of us, y'all. <laughs> yeah. I have a little bit of an excuse. Um, yeah, you know, that's, that's true. That's true. That is you, true. You got your microchip installed today. I yeah. got, yeah, I got. Or the, yesterday. Yesterday, I got the uh, the 4G patch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 5G, 5G patch. Yeah, mm. the 5G patch installed. Um, 4G, totally fine. 5G, that's the devil. 5G, that's the fucked up shit right there. <laughs> that will fuck your shit up. It's actually, like, literally the devil. <laughs> So I guess does this mean that like I'll, I'm gonna start radiating like a, a trans wave that'll just like start turning people trans and like <laughs> I wish. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess you could turn the freaking frogs gay. I mean, I could do that already. <laughs> <laughs> That's not hard. No, I'm just kidding. Um. I'm pretty sure those most of those frogs are already gay. Those <laughs> frogs are like swimming around, like, uh, <laughs> "Hey, you want to go to brunch?" You were like, "Yeah, actually, I do want to go to brunch." Oh my gosh! Okay, so like, speaking of gays and brunch. Oh my god! <laughs> so, like one of my friends from college invited uh, invited us to go to brunch uh, with him and 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 his partner, and. Um, <laughs> I almost cried. Oh. <laughs> like I was at work when I got the text. <laughs> like I almost started sobbing at my desk. Because <laughs> I was like, it's been so long. It's been 84 years since <laughs> I went to brunch and paid for $15 for a watered down mimosa. I was just like, yes. I'm pretty sure that they said that it was bottomless mimosas. So, you know. Yeah, so you know those shit are, that, that shit is like watered down. Oh my God, though. We're going to this. Yeah, thing. but we get unlimited watered down mimosas. <laughs> they they add up after a while. Can you, can you like bring some, I don't know, distilling equipment or like unwater it down or something? <laughs> I mean, it's a Michelin star, so probably not. Um, there's probably somebody that will make you like check your uh, your still at the door. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. There's like a sign at the front. You have to check your still and your and please take a jacket <laughs> before you'll be seated. And the lady you- needs gloves and a petticoat. And like- then they'll sell you a, a bunch of tires, I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh my god this was a bad <laughs> are you 
is that a bottle of vodka that I see in your jacket, ma'am? This oh, is a this, bad night. No, it's scotch. Podcast. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, scotch and orange juice. Oh. <laughs> I feel like that's just as bad as toothpaste and orange juice. No, that's worse. Because, is like, that worse? Yes, because scotch and orange juice implies you've made some decisions. <laughs> that that is like not the drink for the walk of shame that's like the walk of shame but it was like you should have been taking this walk three weeks ago (laughs) and there's also like a squirrel buried in your hair at this point and it's like no just bring me a scotch and an orange juice like mixed together i don't care do i look like i care Like, I need something to run this ayahuasca through my system. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) I had a double shot of whiskey before we started this podcast. Yeah, this was a bad decision. Uh, There were many bad decisions that were involved in tonight's podcast. You've got got Elise... With whiskey. We've got me, I don't know, like having fever, delirium, or whatever. Uh, we've got our one straight man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As usual. Gosh. And um, yeah, uh, that's all I got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This was, I mean, we gave you an out. Yeah. You did. We, you we said- kept checking in on you, like, are you, are you sure you want to? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. All right. So. Um, <laughs> Lead us away, Princess Fever Dream. <laughs> so, uh, what have we experienced in the past couple of weeks? <laughs> Sorry, it's just the way that you're like, so what have we experienced? What did we learn? <laughs> like, not even we're going past, like, we're fading dimensions. Like, we've gone past. Uh, the idea of just consuming media and it's like what new colors have we eaten <laughs> this is a bad decision <laughs> this is a bad, either a bad decision or the best decision we've ever made <laughs> this is gonna be the best episode to do watch um <laughs> uh, as long as you don't get the night terrors i had night terrors on my second dose oh word you did I don't yeah I like that. i just i like remember because remember that was the night that i like woke up and i started whimpering oh yeah and i was like or it was like sleep paralysis yeah I it was terrifying <laughs> anyway I, what I, a great way to go to sleep yeah i had sleep you have paralysis. that to look forward to <laughs> I, I had sleep paralysis once last year for the first time ever it was not Ugh. something i'd recommend to anybody um, so I really hope that doesn't happen tonight. Sorry. But you should, uh, to, to prevent it from happening, you should go look up what might be the worst. I think it was supposed to be a horror movie that I've ever seen. It is called sleep paralysis. Okay. Um, I remember nothing about it other than it was real bad. And then the the director was like a single name guy who no one has ever heard of, which I'm like, I feel like people have to have heard of you in order for you to go by a single name. Right. Like we all know who Madonna is. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's very presumptuous for you to have done that. 
Are you looking it up? I'm trying to. Uh, I'm not finding a film by the name of Sleep Paralysis. I'm finding films about Sleep Paralysis. No, there's there is a movie called Sleep Paralysis. I'll 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 see. Oh, there it is. Yep. Let's see. Sleep Paralysis, 2004. Uh, directed by Nikolaus. Nikolaus, yes, that's what it was. Nikolaus. Uh, written by the same, uh, starring Evelyn Papadopoulos <laughs> and uh, Tyrone Wade and Anthony Wymus. Is it streaming anywhere? Because I honestly haven't thought about that movie in like 50. I think about it whenever anyone mentions Sleep Paralysis, but then I'm like, man, that was a shitty movie. And then I don't remember anything else about it because I kind of want to watch it now. Uh, let's see Uh, no, it doesn't seem like it's Oh, you can, you can get it on Amazon Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised by that How much is it? Is it like, if it's more than like five bucks It's not oh, worth no, it you, you can order a DVD off Amazon Oh my god, yes, it's not even streaming <laughs> oh on Amazon god. Prime I love it Um, it looks like It looks like they have two versions Okay, so there's the DVD-R version Which is like Yes! <laughs> That's like 20 bucks. And then they have the original release DVD, which is six bucks. Um, what, for an original what... release? That's such a good deal. Yeah. I mean, like the original release one was released in 2006. The movie itself came out in 2004. So that's not a good sign right there. There was, I guess, a special edition released in 2010. Was the DVD. Oh my gosh. Who was asking? Who was the bitch asking for? You know what I need? I need a five-year anniversary. It was probably the, the it was DVD Nicolaus. release. Yeah, it was. It was my friend who watched it with me. <laughs> no, it was. It was Nikolaus, the guy that uh, that directed it and wrote it. I'm. I'm pretty sure. What the world needs is the five-year anniversary edition. What accent? Of my shut like? up, <laughs> shut up. That's my accent. <laughs> Oh, I uh, should either drink more whiskey Wixky? or less whiskey. <laughs> I think the answer is less. <laughs> whiskey. We gotta we gotta do some like scientific experiments um, to figure this one out. Apparently, Nikolaus only that's his only film credit. Yeah, I know. That's what I was saying. That's like you can't you can't just go by a single name Nicolaus. if it's your first film. I'm sorry. Like oh. even McG did m- music videos, like. God, is there any other information about this film? Because like it, IMDb is turning up basically nothing. It is. It is garbage. It is the hottest of garbage. It, I'm, I'm I'm getting like after last season vibes out of this thing. It's not quite that bad, I don't think. And walk it back. I don't know. It it is I. Okay, so here's the thing. It is the still the hottest of garbage. I'm not walking that back. Sleep like uh, but but fucking after last season is on a whole other level. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, if we can ever get our our grubby little hands on this DVD from uh, 2006, then maybe we'll watch it and uh, let you all know about it. Or maybe you've seen it. Maybe you want to leave a comment or interact with us in some way about Sleep for Out. It's 2004. Uh, I don't know. Prime Video. Let's see. <laughs> oh, no. you. Oh, no, that, that's a, that is a different one. You can watch The Nightmare. I've watched The Nightmare. That's a pretty decent documentary. It's fine. Um, Sleep Paralysis 2004.
Yeah. Wow. It is only. It is only available on DVD. What the fuck? There's only 10 left in stock, so we got to get it soon. Yeah, I mean, those are going to be flying off the shelves like hotcakes once we release this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All 10 Everyone's going to be like, oh, did you watch this? <laughs> so I found, uh, I'm looking at the the five Amazon reviews oh. for the DVD. Oh, God. Okay. They're they're a smorgasbord here. They're like they're just they're just like weird. I don't know. So the 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 top review for the United States is from Movie Buffed, four stars, verified purchase. Just when you thought it was safe to sleep, it isn't. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> was that the tagline? That's, that's the title. Uh, well, ju- the title is just uh, when you thought it was safe to sleep, and then it goes dot dot dot, and then the start the review starts with dot dot dot. It isn't. Jesus. A, a must-see for the unlucky who've experienced the horror of sleep paralysis, and a dare too for the lucky who haven't. Pray it doesn't visit you. An effective shocker with an overwhelming sense of suffocation. Sweet, kiss your sweet dreams. Good night. The ne- next one, hyperventilate by Rumjal. This movie, uh, one star, I should say. Mm-hmm. The move. This movie is a very poor production, but also a curious one because the only good thing about it is the monster itself. Hypnogogic and psychopompic hallucinations, the correct term, are an ancient problem of mankind. This, this film pretends to be fact-based, yet it does not mention the only known cure for sleep paralysis, hyperventilation, which floods the body with oxygen to wake up the brain, since sleep paralysis is caused by one part of the brain being awake while another is asleep. That said, the topic has great potential, and some producers should make a film of gripping horror. I suggest this this film's producer find a new line of work. (laughs) Readers who wish more information on the topic would do well to read Night of the Crusher. The waking nightmare of sleep paralysis propels people into a spirit world by Bruce Bauer on Science News Online Server. Now, see, I could just read, like, the, the Dreamlands stories from, uh, from Lovecraft. Like, yeah. To... So what is, what is this about? Because, like, you, you brought this up and then didn't explain it. You just gave I, the title. I don't remember. It is about a person who has sleep paralysis, and they okay. see a sleep paralysis shadow person. And most of the movie, from what I remember, is just them talking about what sleep paralysis is. And then there's like three scenes where they see a shadow person. Did you see a shadow person, Elise? No. 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 I think I just had like a really, I don't know. I I felt like someone was coming for me, but I didn't see Mm. anyone. Mm. And I felt like I really desperately needed to move and I couldn't. Mm. Because I I had a full on hallucination of someone I know. Oh, fuck. Basically like putting his hand on my chest and like crushing me. Yeah, no, it wasn't great. Um... I just, I, both of those reviews, do you remember the Jenny Nicholson tweet that's like every time, like, have you ever noticed like when a man disagrees, when you disagree with a man and then like his English just shoots up like 12 (laughs) reading levels? Yeah. Yeah. It's like those two people, I mean, they didn't put their genders in the review, but like you could tell. (laughs) So the most recent one was the four star review, and it was from like two thousand nine. <laughs> so oh gosh. they didn't the get the, the the anniversary, the special anniversary release. Yeah, no, they just got the they just the got basic. the plain one. Oh 
no. We just got the the original release DVD. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> if they had just I wonder waited. what kind of special features. I wonder what kind of special features are on the DVD R. <laughs> on the DVD R. <laughs> <laughs> the making of sleep paralysis. Uh, uh yeah no it, it is it's it's pretty shit it's, so, it has it has zero reviews on rotten tomatoes yeah i bet it does so we, we need to change this speaking of uh dvd special features mm-hmm. oh um okay so once upon a time when i was in high school and the lord of the rings movies were coming out i had like was very insistent that i wanted to like purchase both the dvds Mm -hmm. and the like the regular dvds that would come out in august and then they would always have the special editions would come out in the fall like just before christmas Mm -hmm. and i was like very insistent that i had to have both Mm, um but like the the and you know if you know the like the special edition like extent the extended editions of the lord of the rings like there is just as much uh, special features on the DVDs. Like there's just a bunch amount of time spent in documenting how they created the films as there is like the film itself to see. Right, right. The fucking... <laughs> the like regular theatrical cut, the special features were like, I don't know, here's some pictures of Orlando Bloom <laughs> and like a shitty documentary that got thrown together for like UPN back when (laughs) UPN was still a thing. (laughs) And it was like very much, I like I have vivid memories of watching it and it like really, you know, cause like the, the documentaries on the extended editions, like focused on like the craftsmanship that went into like, um, you know, that went into the creation of these films and like, mm-hmm. we're going to talk to like Howard Shore about the music and we're going to talk to like all these people, about, you know, the people of Weta Digital and Weta Workshop about like all the things, all the work that they did. And like the the documentary on the theatrical decline <laughs> was like, look at Teen Heartthrob, Orlando Bloom. <laughs> well, did you look at him? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like he and his friends and his best friends Liv Tyler and uh, and Elijah observe. <laughs> observe this man. It was it was like 100% just like like a day in the life of like Orlando Bloom and Elijah Wood as they're on set. Like oh my god, did you know he went like surfing? <laughs> I was just like this is these are for two different audiences it was very strange and then they would be like and like the other hot guy Vigo Mortensen (laughs) (laughs) and it's like just Vigo Mortensen being like hello (laughs) as he was quietly like brushing his horse right (laughs) staring off into the sunset composing a poem whatever the fuck he did on set (laughs) <laughs> like in his leather-bound journal, <laughs> writing with a quill pen. Yes, this is my haiku that I wrote for today. <laughs> oh, it's just like, I don't know. It was just very, it was very funny to me. <laughs> I remember being really pissed when I was a teenager. Like, this crap, this isn't good. This isn't what I wanted. 
and I like having to wait the like three or four months. Uh, I was like, why did you buy both? You dumb bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, you <laughs> well, you wanted to watch the film again now. Right. But you also knew that you would have more benefit out of getting the full thing later. Yeah. So it's like, well, I want to watch it now, but I also want to watch it later, but better. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It was like, clearly I couldn't wait the like three months to buy it. You know, when it went on sale in November, I had to like buy, buy the $25 DVD and then wait and buy the like $35 $35 box set. I don't know. <laughs> I had problems apparently when mm-hmm. I was a teenager. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that's, uh, that's it. That's my story. I don't know. The, the talking about special features always makes me think of that. <laughs> well, good story. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I tell it at parties sometimes. <laughs> um, all right. So, has anyone okay so so there's beside the few things that i've been observing um watching you might say Observe. um one of which i i think i messaged you nick at one point uh, wondering if you'd seen it uh, yeah um, i can't remember what you were asking about but uh, i do so, remember that yeah okay so there's a show on netflix it's a french show um the french title is um zone blanche um the white zone Okay. The English title is called The Black Spot. I don't know why they're different, but that's the way they decided to translate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, essentially, it's like... You ever you ever get the, the vibe of, like, we're trying to, to tap into, like, Twin Peaks energy. Yeah. But, like, not going full David Lynch kind of weird with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's kind of like that. It essentially, um, it's set in a small little rural community called Villefranche, uh, which I think is maybe on near, like, the border with... Germany. There's mountains nearby and forests. It's it's really kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and that uh, follows a kind of ensemble cast of people. Apparently uh, Villefranche is the... has like the highest murder rate in France. It's got like six times the national average of murders. Hmm. Um, despite being a little rural community. And so the show kind of starts off with a um a tr- the new attorney general is like assigned there um to try to figure out what the fuck is going on go solve all these murders <laughs> go find out why this is happening here um and it largely follows the um the rural rural gendarme uh which is made up of uh three people and an intern uh <laughs> who are trying to so- you know solve all these uh, crimes that are going down um uh, there's uh, Major uh, Lorraine Weiss. Uh, she's the uh, she's in charge of the of the group. Um, there's a, a gendarme who I don't think they've given him an actual name. He just goes by Teddy Bear. Um, but uh, he's there. There's another one whose name I forget. He's kind of like older. Like he's he's like 
two years from retirement probably and he spends like he goes around with like a fishing vest on and like a fishing hat and like he would rather be fishing than doing any kind of police work uh and then there's the intern um and it, it like follows them as they try to figure out what's going on but also there's kind of ongoing mysteries so like every episode there's like a new kind of mystery that comes up and there's a lot of like flirtation with the supernatural but it's so far it hasn't quite crossed over to that yet um there's the corrupt mayor who is uh like a, a the like, like had a thing with the the gendarme uh, major at one point like they were a couple uh and now they aren't and maybe they are <laughs> kind of this back and forth drama but like he's the corrupt mayor and his family has like run this place since forever uh and uh there's like the the new uncorruptible um uh attorney general attorney general yeah that's like new to town and is like trying to to make waves and i think like the the daughter of the major is like trying to investigate because one of the big things that's introduced is the fact that it's been six months since the daughter of the mayor went missing and uh the major actually went missing when she was a kid uh and was only found it was found after three days uh missing two of her fingers and without any memories of how it happened and we kind of see in a flashback that she was apparently chained to like a pile of logs and had to cut her fingers off to escape um but like there's no that's like how did that happen where did she get there how did she what's going on we don't know but she's concerned that something similar has happened to Marianne, the um, the daughter of the mayor. Uh, but it's been six months and she's not turned up yet. So she's looking into that kind of here and there, like going off into the woods occasionally to, to search for her on her free time, I guess. Um, her daughter, who was best friends with the mayor's daughter, uh, is also doing her own investigation. It's it's like a whole mystery. Um, it's like a quasi-supernatural mystery show. Um, and I'm finding it really interesting. Um, and that's that's what I was kind of saying. I think that you might like it. Like, it taps into a yeah. lot of the same vibes as Twin Peaks. Yeah, it sounds necessi- like it. Yeah, without necessarily going full David Lynch. Now, I've only been, like, three episodes in. Um, mind you, I think each season is, like... I don't know if it's six or... 12 episodes long it, but it like each episode is like an hour long so they're they're kind of long episodes but um but i would like i say i would recommend it if you okay. if you want to check that out i think that you might get some enjoyment out what, of it. what is it called again in english uh, in english it's called the black spot okay um in french it's called zone blanche so, hmm. um apparently it's been dubbed but yeah, I've been watching it with the subtitles. Yeah, so I, I mean, a live action dub. I I can't, I can't with live action dubs. Didn't didn't it like automatically put it on the dub when we watched Kingdom? Like it would automatically select the dub when Maybe. we tried to watch. Kingdom? It's been yeah. a bit. I still haven't seen season two of. We should watch Kingdom. You haven't? I thought we watched season two together. No, remember because that would like season two came out just as quarantine was starting that's right we watched season one together and then season two we didn't get a chance to watch season two because quarantine yeah you watched it on your own and i didn't because elise hadn't seen season one yet i mean we had so much time in the early days and the early halcyon days of the pandemic when we watched uh tiger king and then brooklyn 99 and then community again Uh. (laughs) 
Uh, that was so, a wild time. Yeah, apparently there's like a movie coming out of Kingdom. So I don't think there's a whole third hmm. season, but there's like a, a, a movie, movie that should be coming. That's kind of cool. A movie to yeah. like, I guess, wrap up the story. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. Yeah. That's neat. I like that. That's a good idea. Because, yeah, I can't imagine that that show could go on. Like, even with what was happening at the end of the first season, it's like, I don't know how much longer they could drag that storyline out for. They, so having seen the second season, they end it on like a kind of a cliffhanger. Yeah. But it's like a cliffhanger that takes place a couple years after the events of the two Mm. seasons. Hmm. So, like... You could end it there and just like leave it on that cliffhanger, or you could make a whole like a small little movie that's like gonna tie all Here, that. Here's what happens next. Yeah, into a nice little bow, uh, without making it like an ongoing thing. Like, that's that's probably a good way to do it. Um, so I've I'll, not heard about the books. I don't know how they go. Yeah, I have no idea. So we've been watching. Uh, we just actually just started uh, Yasuke on Netflix. Yasuke. Yeah. Have you heard about this? No. Um, so it is very, oh, very I've seen yeah, I've seen about this, but tell me about this. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It is very, 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 very loosely on an event in Japanese history um where uh o- Oda Nobunaga, who was like the first guy to like unify Japan in the 16th century or get close to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, kind of came across this quote unquote valet of a, uh, Italian missionary, mm-hmm. um, who was like an African. Mm-hmm. Um, and, he apparently got really impressed with him and took him on as a samurai and named him Yasuke. And that's really the only name that he's really known by. Like no one knows really where he came from. No one really knows how he got into the employ of this uh, Catholic missionary. Um, no one knows what happened to him after 1582 uh, when Nobunaga was defeated. So the anime is taking place 20 years after Nobunaga's defeat mm-hmm. um and is about like what happened to Yasuke um and it is set in an like an alternate universe with magic and also giant mecha suits okay so it is it was wild it's as fuck fucking wild. it was like Japan 1582 okay cool I get what's going on here then it opens up and like literally the first thing you see is a giant Gundam and it's like okay no <laughs> never mind I don't know what's happening at all <laughs> it's uh it's a giant enemy crab yeah yeah it's been yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what Japanese I thought of <laughs> yeah it's based on Japanese history and like the first thing that I saw was this mecha suit and then there were like <laughs> wizards and like uh, there was the, the coolest part of the opening battle scene was like, in my opinion, there was like a whole bunch of archers who were shooting at this guy and he puts up this like magic shield and all the arrows like hit it and fall down. And then he picks one of the arrows up and it glows blue and all the other arrows float up behind him and like fire at the other side. It's like, <laughs> yeah, okay. This is what we're going for here. Um, it is beautifully animated like mm-hmm. like just really really beautiful uh uh 
and it's got it is a, an American Japanese like co-production. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the writer is American who apparently like read about this because again, it's based off of an actual person and read about this guy and wanted to do an anime. And like when Netflix uh, like spoke to him about, Hey, like we want you to do a show for us. That was one of his pitches. And so like, that's whether it's, it's very, very interesting. Cause it's basically like, you know, after Nobunaga's defeat, he basically like the what what the story what this story says because again, no one knows what happened to the historical person. Um, but basically, the story posits that he kind of retires to this quiet like fishing village as a boatman, um, and then twenty years later, he's hired to take this girl. Uh, up river to the uh, to this like uh, doctor because she's mm. incredibly sick, and then you find out that the girl has these really powerful like magic powers, mm. um, and there's a Catholic uh, priest who's arrived in Japan who is trying to capture her to take her back to Europe um, for some like political reasons, like something to do something something Catholic Church gaining power. It's very unclear. And he has this really awesome band of mercenaries to capture her. Mm-hmm. Like when I first saw them all together, I'm like, all right, these are either going to be the characters who are going to decide that Yasuke is cool as hell and join his side. Or these are the, going to be recurring villains because he gets hit. Like at the end of the first episode, he gets attacked by like five guys. And one of them's like, a Russian like woman who's a werebear and like one of them's like a black shaman and one of them's a giant robot. (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) all right, (laughs) these guys have main character energy. Let's go. (laughs) Let's see what happens here. So we've only watched the first two. There's only six episodes. I don't know if it's going to be like, if it's going to wrap up at the end of the six or if they're planning on doing another season, but we're about two episodes in at this point. Um, but it's, it's really good. Uh, I really have been enjoying it so far. Nice. Yeah. I, I saw that being advertised and I was like, I should probably check that out. And now that you've started watching it, I will check it out. Yeah. And, uh, we'll, we'll have more to talk about that together then. But no, that sounds, that sounds dope as hell. Yeah. It's good. Really good. Really good music. Um, really good. Like English, the, one of the, uh, the, the lead voice actor, the guy who plays Yasuke in English mm-hmm. is like one of the co-producers of the show as well. Um, mm-hmm. so clearly like very much a passion project for the people behind it. Um, so we were watching it. We, we still haven't finished Megalobox. We've been going very, very slowly through it so that we can get to season two. Sorry. Okay. It's fine. Like we, we haven't, I don't know. We've been bouncing around from show to show, fi- trying to find something that will capture our attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, cause everything that we try, is just like, uh, it's too serious for really what we want right now. Like there's a lot of other stuff going on and we don't want anything too serious to watch. Mm-hmm. Like we tried watching Good Girls, and that yeah, and that's kind of yeah. been my reaction to Good Girls as well. Um, like I like it, I would like to to watch the yeah. rest of it. So Good Girls is uh, it's a show. It stars um, Christina Hendricks, Christina Hendricks, and Retta. 
and um I can and uh, May Whitman. May Whitman from Arrested Development, also known as her. Her. <laughs> uh so Christina Hendricks and May Whitman are sisters. And then they have a friend, and then Retta is their friend. And they're basically, they all have like um, some kind of like terrible financial crisis that they have to deal with. Like Christina, you find out Christina Hendricks' husband is like cheating on her. Um, and also has been like putting, like yeah. constantly putting mortgages on her, their house without telling her. Mm. Um, so he like fucked up the finances and they're on the verge of bankruptcy and on the verge of losing the house. So that's like number one. And then, like, May Whitman is like single mom and working uh, like for like minimum wage at a like a shitty, job. at a shitty job. And then Retta's daughter has some undisclosed illness, but yeah. something that seems like really bad. Like, they don't say exactly what it is, but they have her like walking around with a uh, oxygen tank. tank. So it's like, mm. it's implied to be, you know, possibly something fatal. And, and all three women are like really strong comedic actors. Right? Yeah. So we I thought don't... it was going to be like a straight up comedy. Yeah. Which it is like 85% of the time. I mean, I guess to be fair, like Retta and Christina Hendricks for sure are also like Christina Hendricks had some really serious uh, scenes in Mad Men. Um, and she's also really, really good in Drive. She's so funny. Um, and, uh, and Retta, not so much in Parks and Rec. Um, more so in uh, Girlfriend's Guide Div to Divorce um, has more like serious scenes, more like more thoughtful and dramatic scenes. So, um, so, so it was like, yeah, we really were expecting it to be like a straight up comedy, like a 30 minute kind of thing. And then we get into it and it's like, oh, this is a 45 minute. And it's like, well, it could still be funny. It could still be funny. And it's like, oh, this it's is a 40 this is a dark comedy so i well okay i was expecting it to be a dark comedy going in because the basically the premise is they decide that because they're all experiencing all this shit they decide that they're going to rob the grocery store that may whitman's character works at um because may whitman's like yeah there's always like thirty thousand dollars in the vault no one really does anything to protect it because like who's gonna die for a grocery store and so they they kind of make a joke about, oh, well, when are we going to rob it? And she's like, no, seriously, I've been planning this out for years. Like, name, <laughs> name a time and we yeah. will go do this. And okay. so then it's like, no, we're not. No, we're not. And then you find out, like, uh, like Retta's daughter could be put on an experimental drug, but it would cost $10,000. And like, like, everybody has, like, something where it's like, okay, if $10,000. We need $10,000 for this. Specifically, and then we're out. Like, we do this mm -hmm. one thing and we're out. We don't have to worry about it. So do you care if we spoil the twist? Well, it's the first I mean, it's episode. it's the first episode, right? So yeah, like the, the the twist in the first episode is there was not 10, there was not $30,000. There was $500,000. Mm. Um, and then like the second twist is um, there was a gang using that grocery store. To like launder money. To is, launder or money. Or something. It's a little unclear. No, I think it's to, to launder yeah. money. Like that's the only thing that makes sense. Right? Yeah. And it's like, and it kind of makes sense because it's like, it's a grocery store in a bad neighborhood. So, you know, like people aren't going to be checking as much. So it like, we'll just cook the books and say, you, you brought in this X amount of money. Right. And so then it's like, now they've got the gang after them. Um, they like try to get the money back, but they're like $60,000 short 
and and basically and so kind of by the end of the second episode the the season long arc is like now they're there they just wanted to like yeah get this money and get out and now they're, they're stuck beholden working. to this gang they're beholden to the gang like they're stuck mm-hmm. working to the gang um and so it's like it's 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 definitely dark comedy. And I was like, there were some things in there that I was like, not expecting, especially yeah. for network. Like this was, it's on NBC. Like it's yeah. not, you know, it's not an HBU. Like there's some things that happen in it that like I could see in a showtime, mm-hmm. you know, in a showtime show mm-hmm. or even AMC. But the fact that it's on like network, like basic network tv that you could get with an antenna i'm like oh my god like who let this like go through the sensors you know but um like i mean like trigger warning sexual assault they use like yeah they use like rape yeah um, like like a pretty violent look i mean there's no nudity and it kind of sucks that like that's the line that we're all gonna you know take it's like well it's not nudity and it's like yeah but like he I mean, it was a very violent, very graphic, I would say, um, I would say like attempted rape scene, even if nobody, even if you didn't see like a nipple or anything, it's like, I was still like, I mean, that was still pretty fucked up. And that's honestly, that's the problem that I've been having with watching it is like 85% of it, like I said, is like genuinely pretty funny. Like these are great comedic actor, uh, like actresses, they all have great like uh like great, great comic timing, timing. They, they have, have great, great chemistry, chemistry together um and so it's like it's really good to watch and then like you get to the last like 20 minutes of an episode and it's like now it's gonna get serious yeah. for like 15 minutes and it's like i don't i don't want that and it's like no, no it's gonna it get, get serious it's gonna yeah. get it's gonna get really serious and really dark and like we're going to talk about like sexual assault and there may, might be a murder. You don't know. Yeah. And I'm like, hmm. I don't go, I want the funny ladies to be funny. Please. Right. Yeah. Like I like, like Mae Whitman doesn't need to be a rape victim. For yeah. Me to, like feel sympathy for her because like, mm. I already feel sympathy for her. Like she's in a shitty situation, you know? And I felt like it was like one of those things where it was kind of thrown in like, well, she's kind of a bitch. How do we get people to be on her side? And it's like, no, like I'm on her side. Yeah, I was already on her side. It's, it's <laughs> like capitalism is shitty. Like yeah. you don't have to tell me any more than that. And they're like, no, we got to have like an attempted rape scene or else people aren't going to empathize with her. And it's like, you don't actually. I mean, you it, really don't. It was kind of used to like escalate the situation, but you totally <sighs> could have done it without it being that gross. Yeah. Because like, essentially what it's used for like okay now they're doing something worse because like they've gone from like like robbing the bank or robbing the grocery store for thirty thousand dollars to like now they're kidnapped like now there's like threatening to kill a guy and they've kidnapped him and it's like yeah but and you, you had to have like a reason for you like could have why did done they kidnap that, him but you could have done that without resorting to that extreme of a or, reason or like you could have you could have implied it without getting so because it does get really graphic very graphic like it is really fucking graphic and it's like i get that it's the pilot and they had to be spicy but like you should have like they should have taken another pass or two at that yeah um before before airing it um i think it originally came out in like 2016 or 2017 i don't know if that like 
helps its case or anything. I mean, I'm hoping that as it goes along, it gets like toned down a little bit. Or at least that they find a more consistent tone. Because it feels like... It is a lot of whiplash. Yeah. Because, like, I like dark comedies, but I don't like it to be, here's the comedy, and now here's the darkness. Yeah. Like, you want... Yeah, it's like... um, Trying to think of another dark comedy that like, we like. Like any Coen Brothers movie. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. when someone gets killed in a Coen Brothers movie, it's funny as fuck. You yeah. know, like if it's if it's like one of the dark comedy. Like Burn After Reading, the spoiler, the part in Burn After Reading where Brad Pitt's character gets shot in the head is one of the funniest things I've ever yeah. seen in a movie. Mm-hmm. Like you can do that really, really well. But you also, you have to pick, like, you can't do that. Like, you can do that with murder. You can't do that with rape, right? Right. Like, um, because there is, like, to a certain extent, there is something that's, like, a little less tangible about murder. Yeah. that makes sense. Like, yeah. there's something, like, I don't know anybody that's gotten murdered. I have a lot of friends who've been raped. Like, the and the other, the other thing is like, That's you... a shitty way of explaining it, but it's, like, mm-hmm. it's less, like, murder is less real to me, Right. right? I mean, and it's not even it's not even just that, because like, you know, there are people who do know yeah. people who have been murdered. Yeah. But I think the difference is that there can be an element of slapstick in murder. There is no element of slap. Yeah. 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 Like if it if it is like if it's fictional and if it's done like again, I'm gonna go back to the to burn after reading. It's a ten year old movie. I'm gonna spoil it. Like I don't I don't Fucking it's, deal with it, it was over it came out over a decade ago. Go see it, it's great. Um, but like Brad Pitt's character has gotten in basically way over his head and he's hiding in someone's closet. And this guy is like paranoid as fuck. And he thinks that someone is like coming to kill him and he hears Brad Pitt in the closet and he opens the door and Brad Pitt, who is playing the world's biggest himbo in this movie, just kind of looks at him and like smiles and is clearly about to say something like charming and endearing. And then he just gets shot in the head. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, it's, it's so shocking that it's just kind of like funny. You weren't expecting yeah. that to happen at that moment. I guess that's like, that's like, because because rape is like I hate saying it this way, but it's like because it is so commonplace, there yeah. is nothing that you can do that is shocking about right. it. Right. Well, you I mean, know what I mean? Because it's, it's, it's like no, that makes sense. It's thrown in there for shock value. Yeah. Whereas, like, like, like burn after reading. If they're doing it, it's just like all oh, things are getting serious for these wacky, goofy characters yeah. now, and like that, that ate like, like, um. I'm trying to find the right word, but like that, that incongruity between those two things where it's like this, like goofy, dumb character, like actually winding up in the shit now for like no real reason, like just because he's dumb is kind of funny. Whereas like, and it's, and it's also like in those kinds of movies, like it's, it's like a fiasco game. Um, Like these characters are absolutely winding up in this situation because of their own hubris and that's a, like there's no hubris not necessarily in, not in really. really with with good it, girls right or it's like, like it's not an effective it's not a, like a rational like response to it yeah. like it's like oh she needed the money to take care of her kid because she's a single mother and her like husband is threatening to take the kid away like yeah. that's kind of her like motivation her ex is, is a dick bag that's like trying to take the kid away yeah like, 
and he like and it's implied doesn't really understand or like accept the kid because the The kid kid is is very like queer coded yeah and we're like Mm -hmm. led to believe that the dad doesn't necessarily approve of that that. and um i think the kids story arc is going to be like they come out as trans yeah like i like i would not be surprised if that ends up being the story arc right and so um you know or like christina hendrix has a dirtbag husband who has been using all of their mortgage money to like fuck his girlfriend and it's like like i was nick is really upset i was so pissed off because christina hendrix is husband was played by um, matthew lillard matthew lillard um, um, who is always the most charming man in the world. And so when he first he came on Shaggy from uh, the live action Scooby-Doo's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like in Hackers, which is yeah. one of my favorite movies. Because uh, Nick is old. Anyway. I, I love Hackers. That movie's <laughs> great. It's a piece of shit, but I love it. Um, And Matthew Lillard's like, and he's in Scream and he's in Twin Peaks season three. And he's just like. Except for Ring Scream, he's always like the most charming guy. And so when I, when he came on, Elise was like, oh, he's cheating on Christina Hendricks. I can't believe it. I'm like, no, that's not what's going to be happening here. Like, it's something else. And then Nick like was the, in such denial the very next scene really was him cheating on Christina Hendricks. And I'm like, no, Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard, no. <laughs> He was so upset. I was so upset because A, it's Christina Hendricks. Oh, very betrayed. I was very betrayed. It's A, Christina Hendricks, who's like the most beautiful woman on the planet. No offense, Elise. Thanks. I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, I mean she she's, very, a, she's a curvy redhead. So you drafted. know what? Right. <laughs> um, uh, and B, uh, like, like Matthew, like you said, Matthew Lillard's always just such a sweet guy. And I just kind of thought he'd be like a bumbling idiot. Maybe he lost all the money or whatever. Right, right. But like, like, maybe he got taken in. Yeah. But they set it up. Like they set it up in the first scene, right? Where she's like busy trying to get all the kids. Like they have four kids and she's the one, you know, in the mornings making sure everybody is like going to where they need to go on time and everybody has a lunch and she's like yes like this is where your science project is or whatever it is right and um the commercial's on and she's like because he's a used car salesman because of course he is and oh oh sweetie your commercial's on and then like the girl comes on the commercial and he like immediately turns it off or like she says something snarky about the girl and he immediately turns it off. And I was like, Oh, yep. That's the girl he's fucking. That's who he's cheating on Christina Hendricks with. And it's like, which also, why would you ever, <laughs> why just like, why would you ever like, um, she, and, and apparently I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. Um, quick aside. Um, I didn't know this. I found this out on Twitter. Apparently, um, they had like originally cast, a thinner actress for that role and we're going to put her in a fat suit what and then uh, and then like the thinner actress had to pull out and then they were like well who are we gonna get and like christy and then they were like well christina Hendricks." and i'm like that's so fucked up right right? that you would be like we need a fat girl i guess christina Hendricks." like Like, she looks like fucking marilyn monroe like i'm sorry like you can't you cannot you cannot well and that was it's really interesting like another another quick aside on top of that aside 
Um, the producer of Mad Men and the uh, the producer of Mad Men, I can't remember his name right now. Oh, uh, Matthew Weiner, Weiner, some whatever. Yeah. That is. Um, he had actually brought that up in the casting. He was like doing an interview about casting, and he was like, "Yeah, I don't understand why nobody had ever used Christina Hendricks in that kind of role, like that sex, that sex symbol." Um, you know. I don't know, like like the, the the this you know the vamp or that like that kind of role before and he was like I never understood and it's really funny because of course he's gay and <laughs> the producer is madman and um and he was just like yeah I don't understand why nobody ever used her that way before as like like a sex symbol <laughs> I was just about to uh, say but drive but apparently drive came out like four years after yeah, that yeah. started well and then everybody was like oh I guess Christina Hendricks is hot and it's like really like wait really like <laughs> I mean she was she was in stuff before that like she was in kind of a sexy role in in Firefly was she in Firefly um, she she's in two episodes of Firefly mm. um and and she she's like very coded as being like born sexy yesterday kind of mm. that role and then you find out that she's actually like um she she's actually a femme fatale like she pretends to be born sexy yesterday and then it turns out to be a femme fatale. she was in four episodes um, of mtv's undressed all right yeah. she was in uh she was in the bar uh, she was a barmaid in one episode of angel apparently oh my god um i remember she definitely was in um like, I think her first thing ever was, like, a Clearasil commercial or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And then I think there was, like, an Everclear music video yeah. that she was in. I don't know. So, but, yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand people. I don't mm. understand people. And then, like, Retta's in it. Retta's very, you know, um, she's a very glamorous personality. But it, it's good. And it's, like, the actresses are good. And it just, like... I don't know. It's like you wish that like the writers would get like out of their way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just just let them let like let them do their thing. Like it doesn't need to be. I'm hoping that if it, as it goes on, we'll it see more lighter. of that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's got it says four seasons. Yeah. With the, the yeah. latest one coming out this year. Uh, so we'll we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I'd like to keep because, like I said, like it's like. Two of my absolute favorite actresses. Um, and Mae Whitman. And Mae Whitman. Who's I love a, Mae Whitman. really, really good. I, I, that was one of my big reactions when we started watching it. And they were like, really kind of, like not, I don't know, not exactly sexing up Mae Whitman. But they definitely made, like, made it clear that she was attractive pretty, yeah. pretty early on. And then it was like, the greatest acting in Arrested Development yeah. is just Mae Whitman acting like she's unattractive because yeah. it's entirely done just through the way she presents herself Yeah, where she's just this totally just frumpy, forgettable person. And that's the joke of her character in Arrested Development. I, yeah. I, like it took me a second because you had to point it out to me that that's, that's who the actress was. Cause I was like, wait, who? And I was like, no, her. <laughs> it's, Anne. Um, it's Anne. Way to play like, an oh egg. Oh my God. Where to plan, Anne? You know, but but and it's really true. I'm like, she is, and it just sucks, right? Because like, Mae Whitman is also very obviously not. She, I mean, she's she's very attractive. Um, she's not. She's 
She's not a size zero. Yeah. I hate that phrase. I really hate that phrase. Um, but like, you know, she's, she's, she's got curves. She's got like, you know, meat on our bones. I hate that phrase as well. Um, but like the idea is like, you know, she's not as thin as like more kind of TV ready or Hollywood ready actresses. And so it's like, you know, trying to convince me that like, she is an unexpected. No, she's not like, she's not an unexpected beauty. She's just fucking hot. Like it's fine. Um, (laughs) But it is nice to see, it is nice to see like three women um, who are all at least like a size 10 uh, be, be on screen. Like that's, it's, it's nice. It's fun. And so it's like, to a certain extent, it's like, I got to stand up from a fat sisters, yeah. you know, like <laughs> it's gotta, a good show. Like I like it a lot. Like it's, it's like a slightly more funny breaking bad. Yeah. But I wanted With it more to endearing characters. Yeah, that's true. I know Breaking Bad had endearing characters. They just weren't the main characters. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that was the thing. It's like some of the characters in Breaking Bad were actually really endearing. It just none of them were Walt. I mean, like, they're they're like early on, I get the sense like early, not that I've seen a lot of Breaking Bad, but no. I get the sense early on it's like you do kind of want Walt to ex- succeed. Yeah. Um, even though he's kind of a prick. Um, but like this, it's like, no, I was rooting for them from like just, like shot one. I was like, Oh no, hell yeah. Like Christina Hendricks, get your money. <laughs> you know, you rub that, you rub that grocery store girl. You got this, you know? And so, so yeah, it's like, it's breaking bad with more endearing characters. Um, and those are our thoughts on good girls. <laughs> and that took us like 30 fucking minutes. It's, it's a good anyway, show. It's, it's a good show. I hope we'll, we'll watch more of it, but it is, it's hard. It is. Dark. It has been like. It has been like. No. Like every time Elise brings it up, I'm like, no, I'm not in the right headspace for good girls right and, now. And, you know, and it's hard because it's like I feel that same way about Megalobox. Like, yeah. If Megalobox is really good, Megalobox is really dark. Like we watched a whole episode where. Um, oh like, yeah. We watched the whole we, episode about like the, the soldier. war veteran. Yeah. Um, we watched yeah, two yeah. whole episodes about that guy who like loses. <laughs> you know, like, like loses the uses of his legs and then like, Oh God. And it's just like toxic mass. Like if only toxic masculinity wasn't a thing and these two characters could like just admit that they care for each other. Here's the thing. And then they got to like, they got to beat through the pain. Here's the thing. I think you will really like the way the Megalobox ends. No, 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 I'm sure I will. But like, I'm saying I feel the same way about Megalobox yeah. as you do about Good Girls, right? I, like, I, I'm i like, I don't know if I, I, I can't handle, especially like as a military brat. Mm. I was like, those were two those, really those difficult two, episodes. Those two episodes are really yeah. bad. Like, and I told, those are the ones that when I first started was watching through it. Um, and I talked about it on the show back then. But I was like, when it got to when it got to that episode, I'm like, am I watching the right show? Did I accidentally turn on the wrong thing? Because when that first episode starts off with like the soldier like in the war zone and the like the butterfly, I'm like, is this even the same show? Yeah. Like, what the fuck am I watching here? It looks like it and it, like even more than the rest of that show. Cause I always made the joke that this show is like an episode of Cowboy Bebop before Spike and Jet show up. Yeah. Like, it's just like the things that happen leading up to the bounty. Um, 
that one especially because you still haven't seen the movie yet but mm-hmm. that one really gave me cowboy bebop the movie vibes yeah because there's a lot of the same imagery in cowboy bebop the movie but it, you know i mean like especially like as a military brat like yeah. that's a really difficult those are really two difficult episodes for me to watch and it's like um you know like oh god like it's like yeah it's good yeah i like the characters yes the animation is very beautiful but i'm just like oh my god like i'm never i don't know what it is like right now if it's just like shit going on in our lives Uh, but i'm like i'm like no i'm not in the mood like oh the show that makes me cry when they box yeah no thank you I would, let's rewatch bob's burgers you know yeah it's been a lot of rewatching <laughs> yeah. bob's we watched like an entire season of like uh nailed it in like two oh nights my God. <laughs> so that's kind of been the mindset we've been in uh which mm. apparently there's like five different like spinoffs for various countries and each one of them uh okay so so just to back up for a second, like we've talked about Nailed It on this show before, um, but if you're not familiar, it is Netflix. It's a Netflix original series. It is a baking competition, but instead of people being really good, it's people that think they're good at baking. Or at least like, I'm okay. I'm a fine baker. Like they're just there. They're, you know, we're here for the for the good time, not the long time. And it's that crowd of bakers. Like a great British baking show this and so, you know, and it's hosted by Nicole Bayer, who is one of your delightful. Love her. Super, super fucking funny. She's really, really great actress. Really, really fun. Has like the perfect energy for the show. And I don't think it would be as successful as it is if Nicole Bayer wasn't the host. But mm-hmm. like, so like Nicole Bayer, she has several podcasts. And she's, like, very open, and she's somebody who's, like, she's very body positive. Um, She has a book, a coffee table book called um, Hashtag Very Fat, Hashtag Very Brave, A Fat Girl's Guide to Being Brave in a Bikini, (laughs) which is just, like... I did not know that. It's amazing. I really want this book. It's, like, various art prints um, with, like, little essays that she wrote, she writes. Um, But it's various art prints about, like, just of her in bikinis in inappropriate places. <laughs> like she's outside of a grocery store, just like in a bikini. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Oh, it's so great. So anyway, but um, one of the things that I noticed as we were flipping through all of the various like international nailed it's, it's they're all hosted by someone who is like larger, who's a larger person. And it's like, that was just like really nice to see. <laughs> like even like the French, the like the French version, it's like no, they got like a like a fun chubby person, um, you know, not that like we, not that my people always have to be fun and like fun and funny and effervescent, um, but you know, it is, it's just nice, it's just nice to have some body diversity, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like like fucking like like I love Joel McHale, like Joel McHale is hosting a baking show now, um, which is somebody's like cocaine fever dream for sure <laughs> have you heard about this show have you seen advertisements no. for the show i i don't know anything about this okay no. so joel McHale is hosting joel McHale of community and the soup is hosting a baking competition that is baking show plus csi 
Okay. So the 12 teams go into a kitchen that's a mess and they have to figure out what the person had attempted to bake, mm. bake it and bake it correctly. Hmm. Um, putting together like clues on the scene. But you know, like if you've seen Joel McHale, it's like he's a cis white dude he, who is six feet tall and has a six pack. He he is literally a Ryan Seacrest type. He is literally a Ryan Seacrest <laughs> type. And that's like the only kind of person that they get to like host these kinds of shows. So, you know, it's nice with Nailed It that it's like we can just get some fucking body diversity up in here. Like, and just, she's so funny. She's so oh, funny and so cute. And it's just, it feels nice. It's just, it's, it's like, a nice show. It's a, it's a show that like watching it, it just feels like a nice warm hug. Yeah. Cause it's like, Hey, you did a really bad job, but that's all right. We still liked it. <laughs> we just... can, like they always find something to compliment. Mm-hmm. You know, they always find something to compliment. And it's like, it's really, it would it would have been really easy for that show to get really catty. Yeah. You know? And it kind of, I don't know, it, it never gets catty. Like, it's always like, we're having fun with it. Like, this. It's gentle ribbing, yeah. but it's never like, it's never mean. And it always ends with, oh, I like this thing that you did yeah. with it. Like, yeah. that's fun. That's good. Yeah. You know, so that's like the nice. And, and like, I feel like it could have gone, it could have gotten really mean spirited and it didn't. Um, and I think that's like a credit to, to Nicole Byron, the work that she's done on the show. You just, you watch that and you're like, this has got to be like the best job that you could get. I, it looks so fun. Like, <laughs> like everybody on the set just looks like they're always having so much fun doing it, that show. It just seems like, like, you know, like you go to a party and somebody, you know, everybody is like, yeah, I worked on like. I've worked on this Marvel movie and I've done this. And like, what do you do? And it's like, I'm the DP for nailed it. And everybody's like, Oh, that sounds nice. (laughs) (laughs) Is, is Wes the luckiest like stage hand on the planet? No, Wes isn't a stage. Like he's the motherfucking director. Oh, is he? Okay. I didn't know that. He's like the production manager of the show. Oh God. (laughs) She just like treats him like shit. But that's part of the joke, like, and it's like, and it's funny because he ended up Wes, um, who's like the production manager, like the director, like he is actually like the person, um, calling all the shots. And um, there's like a running gag where Nicole is like Wes, <laughs> and um, he has to like bring out the trophy in a costume, whatever, in a co- in a ridiculous costume related to the theme of whatever that day's episode is, and. Uh, and it's funny because it's like she he ended up going on um an episode of her podcast. Oh, one yeah, of her that's many, right. many podcasts. Um so she has one called Why Won't You Date Me? Um, which is about being well, it was originally about being single, and now it's just like about whatever the fuck she wants to talk about. And um <laughs> and like for six months she only had people of color. Mm. <laughs> and then there was like like several weeks where she like only had people who are like queer and trans. Like she like has had several sex workers. Anyway, it's a great, it's a great fucking show. Um, why won't you date me? But uh, she had, she had Wes on and, uh, and, and they were talking and he's like, no, it's, it's genuinely like the best job that I've ever had. I love it. And it's like, we have so much fun and 
everyone's super professional and everybody arrives on time and like you know it's it's like it's just a good fucking place to work <laughs> and it's like like do i ever go too far and he's like eh, you're good you know like i'd tell you when you went too far and and it, you know it's just nice it's just nice you find out that like he has a is a wife i think they they've gotten married since but it's like and it's like oh yeah like you know and she's like i love your wife and it's nice. It's just nice. And it's like, you're just like, man, what a great place to work. <laughs> Nailed it just seems like, a, and like, you know, everything, you know, you, you hear about like various Hollywood stars and it's like, like Ellen and it's like, well, it turns out like Ellen was actually like a really not nice person. And it's like everything that you seem to hear about Nicole Byer, it's like, no, she's, she's actually really nice. Like she's very genuine and very professional. <laughs> and very bisexual. Yeah. So there is that. Is that that is one of the things that I've really been appreciating about watching the show is that like even on like reality shows, it's usually like the people you get are like, you know, even on like reality competition shows, they they follow a very basic like like television attractive kind oh, of yeah. outline. Yeah. And then like the people on Nailed It, it's like, here's a trans man and his yeah. best friend. Like, yeah. you know, here's here's this like. Like this, this larger gay guy from Atlanta. Oh my like, god, the larger gay guy from Atlanta. Bursting. Bursting. He's my favorite person uh, ever. But it's like everybody, you know, everybody that's on there, it's like, yeah, no, you're somebody's grandma. Like you're somebody's So the point know. where it's like when we got like the typical like average white guy on there, it's like I automatically disliked him. <laughs> <laughs> Just because it's like, what are you doing here? This isn't for you. And then he it's ended not up your show. He ended up winning that episode. But it was like by the end, it was like, it's fine, I guess. So, like he's doing pretty well. It was like the one like uh straight sized cis het white dude that they've ever invited on this show. <laughs> He's the token. Exactly. He's the token. And he went by, like, like, to the point where he still clearly went by his stupid, like, frat nickname. Yeah. Fish or fish. Finn? It was fish. Fish. God damn it. God damn it, fish. Listen, though, fish, if you want to be on the podcast, <laughs> I mean, feel free, dude. We'd love to have you on. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's so nice. It's so nice. And it's just nice. It's nice to watch nice things it sometimes. Is, it is nice to watch yeah. nice things sometimes. You know, and it's like at the end, they get like $10,000 or 5000 I don't fucking know. I think it was 10000 Yeah, it's like at the end, like they get money and, you know, but it really was like the friends we made along the way. <laughs> I think my favorite part of the season that we watched was the one guest judge who fired off the, because they had like a money gun. Oh, <laughs> he fired it he off? He fired it off before they announced the winner. <laughs> He just got really excited. <laughs> like, I just love it. Oh, uh, it was fun. Uh, it's such a fun. Yeah, I think it was like we just we were like yeah, and then we watched half of the latest season, and then no, we like, watched all. Yeah, we, we, or we watched like all of it in one night. It was something ridiculous. Yeah, and then we just kept watching it. Like yeah, uh, it was. Good. I love how she makes fun of the because uh, like usually on those kind of shows, it's like like stay tuned next week for Top Chef finale part three or whatever i don't know but um i do know i i watched a lot of top shelf but uh you know and so she like makes fun of it because she's like we're on netflix the next episode's starting now <laughs> like 
What are you doing? Nothing. Um, but apparently it's a show that is popular with children and stoners. Which may again makes sense. The show <laughs> just feels like a out. warm hug. Like you just kind of melt into it. Like, this is nice. I like it. What have you been up to, Alex? I'm sorry. <sighs> well, I've been patiently waiting my turn to talk. At <laughs> <laughs> least got very passionate about what I'm she was sorry. talking about. I'm sorry. I just really like good. nailed it. It's all good. It's all good. Um, going back, like, I think three topics of conversation ago, <laughs> I want to point out, um, I didn't realize that Matthew Lillard was apparently in Twin Peaks, The Return. Oh, yeah. He's the, pr- he was the principal. Um, yeah. Um, whose head I didn't, explodes. I didn't recognize <laughs> Um, so what have, what have I also been doing? So, uh, I started watching a show today. I'm not going to go into it cause I only just started. Yeah. Um, but I fin I, I started and finished reading a book series, um, uh, which is a light novel called Isekai called I'm in love with the villainess. Um, yeah, you talk, no. Did you talk about this one? Or is there another one that has villainous in the title that I'm just thinking There is about? another one that has villainous in the okay, title that I've talked about. That's what I'm thinking that about. Is, yeah, that is uh, my next life as a villainous. Uh, okay. So, yeah, no. There, there's there's something of a formula going around in the isekai circles these days. What? Um, what? No, never. Not an isekai. What do you talk? Um, unlike that premise, the kind of main character reincarnates in the body of the protagonist, the main character of... Her favorite dating game. However, um, the the twist is uh, it's like a it's like a straight dating game, but she is completely lesbian. <laughs> so she wants nothing to do with these princes that are like, you know, set up by the plot to be you know, like her her love interests. She is instead, as the name suggests, in love with the villainess, um, who uh, is essentially. Because the the game that she is reincarnated into is called Revolution. It's like on the eve of a magical French Revolution esque type of scenario, um, and this like haughty um, Oju Sama, this this haughty like um, noble woman that's you know the villainess, the 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 bully character, is like doomed to to be beheaded. And she's like, I don't want this to happen to you, but I can't like go around like just telling you the future. So I'm going to try to win you over A and B save your life. Um, and it's, it seems legit. And it, it turns out that like half the cast is more queer than anyone had previously thought. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's real fun. Um, there are two books. I, I think actually there's a third book that's getting released in, in june july sometime this summer um that's been translated and will be released then uh but the two books kind of have like that's that's the set plot that's like the main plot um and i think there was a manga that was going to be released soon uh that was been translated um so i'm excited i'm looking forward to the anime adaptation in a couple years or whenever they get around to it uh because you know that's that's my jam right there uh so it's it's kind of just pure fluff for me but i enjoyed it um and yeah 
Okay. So, um, is there anything else we wanted to talk about tonight, or are we gonna we gonna end it about here? Do you think? Um, we've also been playing some Vidget games. We can maybe talk about those later because we haven't quite finished them yet. Yeah. Let's like tease for for next time. We'll talk about Pokemon Snap, and hopefully, we'll have uh, beaten it. The new Pokemon uh, Snap is like way longer than the last oh than my the God, first it's one was. So fucking long. So that first Pokemon Snap you could beat in like an afternoon. Well, yeah, like we would, it was like a night of drinking. Um, but this one, it's it's way longer and it's way more, like, more intense in weird ways. Um, also, like, so I'm part of a Bulbasaur fan club on Facebook because, of course, I am because he is the best boy. And when he's not on screen, everybody should be like, where is Bulbasaur? And, uh, and there's like, I'm like, where the fuck are you guys finding Bulbasaur's? Like I've seen so many pictures and I have like, I'm on the fourth uh, place that you get to. I have yet to find a fucking Bulbasaur. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty pissed about this. If you can't tell anyway, <laughs> um, it's fine. Hopefully, hopefully in two weeks I will have seen a Bulbasaur and my faith in the new Pokemon snap will uh, be restored. So, and I've also been playing in addition to the new Pokemon snap. I'm way behind where Elise is unsurprisingly with that. Um, I have also been like it. playing uh, near replicant. Uh, hold on, there's a f- the full title. Uh, near replicant uh, version one two two four seven four four eight seven one three nine. Um, fucking good. Is that, uh, is that is that just like your? social security number no <laughs> it is it is the so it is the remake of near replicant mm-hmm. uh it is the square root of 1.5 okay jesus christ yep Nerds. yep <laughs> that's where the title comes from Nerds. um it's it's really good because i've never played the original the original near um so i've been enjoying it because like but you from, watched the the best friends play it right I I don't think I did. Okay. I did watch. I watched the best friends play it. I watched one Mr. Clemps uh, talk about the gameplay and the story mm-hmm. before I played Near Automata a few years back, um, because Near Automata is actually the like fifth game in the series that started with uh, Dragon Guard. Um, it's wild, yo. It's it's very strange. And so mm-hmm. I watched his full like series on the Dragon Guard and Near games before I played Automata. So that I would have an idea of like what was going on. But now I'm playing Replicant for myself and I like it. It's good. Um I have not gotten to the first ending yet, so I'm waiting for it to get sad. It, it's still just the regular straight up hey, it's a fun little adventure game. Your sister's sick. You're in this fun little fan- like post-apocalyptic fantasy world. Go save your sister, kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm waiting for it to get like very existential and depressing. So I don't really have much to say about it yet. Wait, so so it's the, the version of the game where it's the brother and sister, not yes. the version where it's the father and sister. Yeah, so, so there were two different versions that came out. The one that was more common in the United States was near gestalt or gestalt Mm -hmm. 
um, which was the one with Papanir, because that was the one for the Xbox. And that's and, the one that the best friends played. I think so. And then the... I, that's what I'm telling you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then the um, the one with the brother-sister dynamic was Replicant, and that was mm-hmm. the one for um, PlayStation. And that's the one that's been remade. Although okay. apparently Papanir is in this version somehow i haven't gotten to see him yet but i have heard things that that you can play as Papanier at certain parts which is very strange to me but hmm. i don't know i i don't know enough about it yet to to see like i said i haven't even gotten to ending a yet so i don't i don't know i gotcha all right well i'm sure we'll have more to hear about that uh, and Pokemon Snap when yes. you get further into that. Um, all right. Well, if that's all we have for now, then let's go ahead and end it so I can go take a nap. <laughs> uh, wow, this, and... You must not be feeling good because it's never you that calls it. <laughs> yeah. I think but, at this uh, point it's just called going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think this is a nap. I don't think anybody goes to nap at nine o'clock at night. Unless well, they're going to wake up at like midnight and go to a rager. <laughs> I used to do that kind of shit. Anyway, it's fine. I'm old now. All right. Well, thank you all for listening, everyone. My name is Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Elise. And we've been some nerds of a podcast. You all have a wonderful night.